Hello and welcome once again to the Professor and Barney podcast. We are very excited to be on air this week. Um, no, no particular reason. No, just just good to be. Bit of a quiet week at work. And we want to do it. Um, that was Barney's voice you heard, Andrew Barnett. How are you? I'm very well. How are you, Professor? Very well. Thomas Tuxedo. How are you? Yeah, good guys. How are we? Very well. Um, and of course, Brooksy Nathan Brooks filling in again for Nick Rado, who still can't get a visa into this country <laughs> um, and won't as long as I keep bringing the national security hotline the way I am. Very, very good, Barney. Keep him out for Brooksy's sake. Um, Thomas, you don't have long till you leave, mate. So is this going to be another perler from you, where you say stuff that would normally get a bloke fired, but you don't? <laughs> yeah. Care. Absolutely. Portion to the wind, baby. Uh, what do you Look, slander, laws don't a, <laughs> slander laws don't apply when you're in New York. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Try and sue me from overseas. Judas Prudence or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Judas, <laughs> Judas Prudence? That's a good album like, in the 90s, didn't he? That's the guy yeah. that he got Jesus, didn't he? <laughs> Judas Prudence. <laughs> that was his surname. <laughs> Judas Prudence. He used to sell prunes. Hey, um, God. Judas Prudence. Uh, Judas Prudence. <laughs> it's all great. Um, okay, good side. Now, the podcast, if you haven't listened before, is basically we take something from the sporting week and then we dig into the historical archives or also known as the annals to see why it's happened before, how we can avoid it or why it's funny, pretty much. Um, Now, before we get into this week's topic, Tommy, we do encourage people to leave a five-star review, um, write something. Generally speaking, it's people just telling us we're shit. Yeah. Uh, and it's no different this week. So if you could just start. <laughs> I've got have you one got one here, for us? Yeah, I've got one here, guys. Uh, from Dr. Nick Rivera. I think it's Dr. Nick Riviera, as in from The Simpsons. Hi, everybody. Okay. I'm Dr. Yeah. Nick. Yeah, but it's spelt Rivera. There's You're no, dead right. That isn't Dr. Nick Riviera. <laughs> so obviously he's not a doctor. Sit the gam set again, you chump. Um, <laughs> here we go. He has he has left a five-star review. Thank you for that. Um, it's called You Guys Get It. I ate at this establishment for the first and last time. For starters, the prices are absurd for what the meals are. Our food took more than half an hour to come out. And when we asked why it took so long, the manager said this was because it was too too complicated of an order. A seafood basket full of fried calamari, prawns and fish is not complicated. It was a simple case of laziness. Five stars. Five stars. Is he? Has he got confused here? Has he been listening to the George Columbaris podcast? I you know what's happened? <laughs> there is. There's some poor restaurant that's got a Yelp review that absolutely pans Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> He's mixed himself up. Well, Tommy, I know I, I'm not meant to read the five star reviews, but there was one I wanted to read, and it's entitled "Don't Leave Tommy." <laughs> Who will be there for the common man when Tommy Tuxedo leaves? <laughs> hashtag man of the people. Hashtag daddy's money. And it's from a teacher from Knox College. Ah, <laughs> oh, Father Percy. He's a lovely guy, Father Percy. Um, did they shuffle him up there? Did they hide him up there, did they? They, they hit him, yeah. Yeah, that's how they do Straight it. Straight under the Sweet. scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, people, Tommy doesn't have long left um, on this podcast. <laughs> reasonably healthy. I'm, so um, make sure you listen to that. I may today. have lung cancer. But we don't know yet. Who cares? <laughs> Still on the growth hormones. <laughs> what? what are you talking about? Anyway, you know, you know if you have cancer and you hey. take growth hormones, the cancer like grows faster. I don't know. Maybe Dr. Rivera knew that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Obviously, it has nothing to do with the sporting podcast. Sorry, guys. 
Can you Big get into our can you get into our topic today, please? Absolutely, guys. Uh, it is off the back of the Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, heavyweight champion of the world, boxing about. Uh, Fury, obviously, we all know Fury won because uh, Wild was really tired from carrying his forty-pound outfit to the to the <laughs> ring. <laughs> um, and you know what, Tyson had it right. I think. Yeah, he got, he, said earlier, he, he got carried. He uh, got carried. So, I mean, that's the way to do it for for boxers out there. Um, if anyone should be tired, it should be the blokes carrying it. That's that right. Because he was they were on four, a throne. They, it was four women, which I thought, mate. Really? Yeah, it was four women, uh, which I thought was an interesting choice. Um, <laughs> but so they were, the symbolism of that is, uh, <laughs> exactly. is it brilliant. Is, it is. So, in this day and age, so in the light man. of that... In the light of that, uh, in the light of that, <laughs> essentially, that was Get a joke. It. That was a joke. One. Uh, basically, we're talking about rags to riches stories. Uh, as Tyson Fury was a um, uh, of Irish traveller descent, so he was a, a gypsy. Gypsy. He really gets his. Although he fights f- uh, under the Union Jack and fights for fights for England, it's because he can't actually get his dual citizenship because when he's because his dad was an Irish gypsy, was born in County Galway. He's actually not allowed to apply for dual citizenship. Right. But he really uh, identifies himself as an Irish traveller, an Irish gypsy, but fights under the Union Jack. Well, they uh, call him the Gypsy King, don't they? The Gypsy they? King. Yes, but that's but Fury is also a di- distant relative of bare-knuckle boxers Uriah Burton and Bartley Gorman, both considered the king of the gypsies. They were Irish bare-knuckle boxers, so when he became a famous boxer, Tyson Fury, um, they, they named him the Gypsy King. Isn't it great? I mean, because we've all seen that movie, Snatch. Yep. That's what yes, I think we of, you know, out, out near the caravans, people standing around, bare knuckles, punches that, to the face. That is, yeah, that's old school sport. Yeah. It's not, and now uh, he's heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty Can I tell you my gypsy story very quickly? Please I know do. it's a side note. Um, in Berlin, uh, underneath the uh, Soviet tower there, I don't know if anybody's mm. been there. I have been to Berlin. I don't no. remember the tower. But... It's the giant telecommunications oh, tower yes, right in the course. middle. Yep. Yeah. I'm under there. I'm with a friend. And a gypsy comes up to me and has a baby and throws the baby at me. And I go to catch the baby. My friend slaps the baby out of my hands. Baby hits the ground. I'm like, what is going on? My friend says, it's, it's a doll. This is what they do. They throw the dolls at you. You catch the gypsy baby, the, the fake doll, and then they clean out your pockets. So thankfully... Good spoil, good swat from my mate. <laughs> Great areas, just slapped it to the ground, told the gypsy to get stuffed, and we survived. Barcelona, that happened to me at the train station. Threw Same a, thing? Threw a fake baby, and they took my wallet. You're listening to <laughs> Of course, you got pinched. Yep. <laughs> Lucky I had two wallets. <laughs> <laughs> Which wasn't a security <laughs> measure. No, you didn't. He's just got so much money. I mean, you can't, have you felt how heavy those metal Amex cards are? <laughs> um, okay, so... Um, this in just the, turned into the gypsy. Crime <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just We're going on true crime hey, now, aren't we? Be careful. If anybody throws a baby at you, swat it. Also, <laughs> just on top of that, we're going. We're not doing. We're not just doing rags to riches. Yes. We thought we'd throw a twist on the end, and we're going to do riches to riches. So people Tommy. who set up before they even just uh, to make them relatable fans. to you, Tommy. Exactly. Yes. I mean, we're all yeah. You are peaking late in this mm. podcast. Stop it. Um, now let's do a bit of psychology here, Barney. Do you mind? Oh, I love a bit of psychology. Why? Why? Why is society so fascinated with these rags to riches stories? Why do you think it is? I mean, we, we all love them. If you hear that somebody's from nothing and they rise to the top, you fall in love with them. What is it, Barney? Why? I, I just think it's the, the most of us aren't at the top. 
and there's that that identification if they can do it i can too like right. and the, especially in the like the modern era where um so much of our pop cultures come from the us that is they're, they're really big on the pull yourself up by your bootstraps the self-made person the the uh the entrepreneurial spirit they love a story of someone who's gone up against the odds succeeded become a billionaire and forgotten who they were yeah and, the underdog uh, yeah, yeah it is the underdog, the underdog who becomes goliath that's the dog. right uh, yeah but it's the also dog. we we all like a struggle you know you like to hear about someone struggling and them getting out of it yeah because yeah. you think oh man i'm struggling maybe one day i'll get that's out that's right of it. you've been very quiet here tommy <laughs> <laughs> i have my struggles um, <laughs> what is it yeah. like for the overdog no, mate yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, what type of egg to have in the morning? I guess the traffic from your front door to your front gate oh, can really nightmare. be a day. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Well, and if the gatehouse is unmanned for some oh. reason, say, say have you the ever guard... navigated four Range Rovers? <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> can I? Can I just say that one thing? Okay, society loves a rags to riches story, but what we love even more is a riches to rags story. There's oh, nothing don't we, better than hearing about somebody who's loaded who does all they can. Well, that's why we pay so much attention to Tommy. We're, We're hoping like, it happens. <laughs> this is definitely going to a rags Absolutely. story right here. You're going to blow it in New York, that's for sure. <laughs> um, okay, so... Can't get the tab... Can't get the tab account in New York though, which is good. Oh really? Yeah. Is there so, can, can you get? Mate, in there's New plenty York? of offshore betting in New York. <laughs> I'm not Don't sure. worry well, about it. Will you that. be heading across to Nevada most? I weekends. might. I might slip up to the. We're, we're no, they've podcast. opened up. It can't be that long before we're sponsored by some <laughs> offshore betting agency. <laughs> I, I, I listen so. to a lot of podcasts. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> it's that boner pills and mattresses we should <laughs> yeah. be trying to there's sell. There's three of us here that need it. Came three of us <laughs> need yeah. it. Okay, be sponsored. All right. Why don't you start us off? Barney, what is your rags to riches story? Um, staying with uh, staying with the sweet science, we all know uh, Manny Pacquiao as one of the great uh, practitioners of the sweet science boxing. Um, so he was born in a, a very remote part of the southern Philippines down on the coast of Mindanao uh, down there. As a child, his family was said to be so poor at times they couldn't even afford rice to feed the family. Oh, so goodness. even by um, what is a poor country's standards, they were they were very poor. So at, at 12, he, uh, he leaves... Um, leaves home and goes to moves to um, the uh, southern Philippine cities of General Sardos to live with his uncle um, because he's he's one of six kids. The family can't afford all the six kids, so he goes um, to to live with his uncle for a while. And his uncle decides to start teaching him boxing um, because he thinks, well, maybe we can turn him into a champion boxer. The interesting part of this story, his uncle. No, uh, no training in boxing himself. Right. Just no, thought, no. you know what? Just thought, you know what? Let's get some old gloves. <laughs> Let's teach him a few things. I think you've got to be fit. Get up at four, go for a run. Um, Manny, very disciplined child, even from then, very focused. So at 14 or 15, the, the, uh, the reports I found vary on this. Um, he stows away on a boat to Manila, the capital, um, sleeps sometimes on the streets and sometimes at boxing gyms while he's starting his amateur career. Um, Eventually makes the uh, the Philippines amateur team. The government fund his his room and board. Then he starts to actually uh, be able to um, you know have a bed to sleep in. That's um, the first time he had a bed. Well, <laughs> I, I suppose he, he does have amazing posture. He does, doesn't he? Well, this is the thing. He turns pro at the age of sixteen. Yeah, right. Um, and My at that goodness. time, he had an amateur record of sixty and four. So. Yeah, quite. he'd already had sixty-four fights at, four, at he, sixteen. At, yes, so when, when he was with his uncle, he started fighting in uh, at the local park. Um, not and these are organised fights at the local <laughs> park, park. Okay. amateur fights, semi-organised, I suppose yeah. you'd call them. Um, so uh, boxing obviously is massive uh, in the Philippines. Um, he goes on to become the first boxer in history to win eight 
uh, win world titles in eight world division uh, weight divisions. This yeah. is, he just basically put on weight through his career, but it won uh, world titles in all of those. Fin- he's currently got a career record because who knows if he's coming back to fight another one? I think he will. Uh, well, Heard there's every first. chance. There's every chance of sixty-two, seven, and two, um, with thirty-nine wins by knockout. Now, this is the interesting. thing. His net worth is now estimated. So to go from literally nothing, his net worth's now estimated at 190 to 240 million US dollars, uh, which is I mean, what do you call that, Tommy? Just middle class, um, upper middle, upper middle. <laughs> He's um, but what's interesting is it's not just the, what I love about the Manny Pacquiao story is he is a Renaissance man. It's not just boxing that he's into. Um, James, what's your favourite sport? My favourite sport is basketball. Yeah, you'd know, probably know Manny Pacquiao better as the professional basketball. I do, and I know that he played in the Philippines. He did play in the Philippines. So 2014, he announces his intention to enter the Philippines Basketball Association as the playing coach, which is... Something we don't Old see enough Lenny anymore. Wilkins, hey? Um, the <laughs> Kia Picante team, uh, who were part of the expansion that year, mm. uh, the PBA said, look, you can be the coach, but everyone's got to go through the draft. So he took his chances. He, he nominated himself for the draft. Believe it or not, he was picked. Uh, Number picked, one? No, he was picked 11th <laughs> overall right? Um, by the Kia team. He was their first pick in the first round by the Kia team, um, which is lucky that none of the none of the previous 10 teams um, decided to draft a 35-year-old 5-foot-5-inch. Five five so, yeah, because also because he could have been coaching them but having to play for someone else. <laughs> yeah, that would have been awkward. <laughs> so then you're <laughs> coaching against the team you're yeah. playing against. Yeah. My God. But that's and that's he's, he was thirty five <laughs> and he's five foot five inches tall as a point guard. Um, that's not too bad. That's handles, a prospect. So he's got good handles. Yeah, he does. He used to play in gloves. Yeah. Now tell me, tell me, <laughs> you, you, I'm going to run through some of his career stats because he played professionally for three seasons. Yep. Um, okay, so uh, let's start with say how many points per game would you expect a professional basketballer, <laughs> a good point guard, to have? Um, point guards, I'm not looking at points. You know? 15 to 20? Yeah, 15 to 20. Yeah. 1.3 he averaged. Um, what else? Rebounds. Point guard. What do you, what do you uh, think? Five foot five, is he? If he gets yeah. one rebound a month, you're pretty happy well, with Well, he's probably nailed that at, at 0.5 rebounds per yeah, game. Yeah, right. Uh, Half um, a rebound. <laughs> he was. He looked like he was going to do it. He was <laughs> giving someone a boost. <laughs> he was pretty good uh, at assists, 0.2 assists per game. Great for a point guard. Um, no, not at all. No. That's terrible. Believe it or not, as a... He didn't get a whole lot of blocks at five foot five. He averaged zero blocks per game, uh, averaged zero steals per game. Uh, he was forty percent from free throw line. I love that this podcast is arguably one of the greatest boxers of all time, and we sit here and make fun of his basketball stats. Isn't Mate, that one? What are his te- what, what are his testicle tickle stats though? Because I reckon he put a lot of people off by just going. <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't know whether they record that. Ah. Um, NBA do. He had a had a twelve and a half percent from the field. Uh, his three point uh, average was twelve and a half percent. Quite a good uh, basketball career. That's not where he finishes, though. Did you know he's an actor? Is he? He's an actor, of mate. He is. He's been in uh, many TV and uh, film productions. Uh, I think we'd all know um, his most famous one, his sitcom that he had from 2009 to 2011. Uh, Everybody Loves Manny. No. That's a good one. Even better. <laughs> Manny in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. The Manny. No. Show me. The Show me the Manny. The Manny. Oh, that's true. And it's the Manny, D-A, Manny. Show me um, the Manny. <clears throat> which is uh, they uh, over the two seasons they were uh, on air, they managed to crank out 
about 98 episodes. Holy. Which oh, is shy of the hundred. Quite a lot of production. Yeah, I think they, they, they pulled the pin because they were worried he was going to get syndication and he would have got all that mailbox money. Um, so the synopsis. He plays Manny Santos. Manny Santos is a proud owner of Jim Santos. No, Jim, like not he owns Jim the as person. In the, the person. Jim as Philippines, in a, different type uh, of gymnasium. Gotcha. Uh, but he has a competitor in the character of Ella Parides, the owner of Jim Parides. Um, Ella and Manny always get in a fight. Ella is so fearful, especially when it comes to boys. She's not afraid of anything, not even Manny, but she does not know. Manny has feelings for her. Oh, classic. Mate, can God, you imagine man. 98 episodes? Now, I don't oh, speak a lot. Boy meets girl. Uh, boy used to be a boxer, is now pretending to be an actor. Um, they, I, yep. they, they're not shy. They I root. <laughs> <laughs> not sure that's <laughs> that old rom <laughs> oh, oh, he got the gloves off, did it's, he? It's an, hey? a, it's an ageless tale. He got the gloves off. Hey. <laughs> I'd be gloved up somewhere else. It's all I'm yeah, saying. I know. <laughs> I hope he spent plenty of time in the ring. Manny and the Franny. <laughs> what is that? Oh, you guys started it. You <laughs> trying to finish it off. <laughs> mate, mate. Oh, we were joking. Oh, so was I. Brooksy. <laughs> uh, you'll be glad to know, though, gents, he, he does have a film in pre-production called Brass Knuckles. Yeah, great. Now, uh, I don't know what character he's playing because I haven't listed that on IMDb yet, but <laughs> this synopsis sounds great. Finch and Rabbit are two small-time crooks trying to make it big which all small-time crooks are, when Rabbit jump, jumps at an opportunity for them to get a fighter on the books at a local gang-connected underground fight. Unfortunately, he triggers a chain of events that ultimately leaves him and his pal Finch in hot water with Kim Jong-Kong, the <laughs> leader of the Korean gang oh and underworld God. kingpin. God. How good does this yeah, movie sound? Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah. You know what, as well? Kim Jong-Kong. Um, obviously, Parasite won best... Film at the Oscars, yeah, Korean, I mean, yeah, it's hot Korean. It's hot. I mean, they're looking into Asia now for these big films. Maybe this is it. Let's hope so. Imagine this... Manny getting up at the Oscars next year. Oh, oh. I'd, I'd, I'd like to, to think he's going to play the play the fighter. No, is he going to play the fighter? I, you know what? There's every every chance he's doing the uh, he's doing the soundtrack as well because he's also this is he's a Renaissance man. He's also a recording artist. Uh, he's released uh, two albums and two, uh, two albums, two standalone singles, and two EPs. His first album went platinum in the Philippines. How many platinum albums have you got, Tommy? Um, zero. Yep. yep. Zero no, world right. titles. Zero platinum albums. Let me just check. Yep. No, he zero. even wrote. So he was. He was part. Everyone remembers probably most famous. His most famous fight was uh, his fight against uh, Floyd Mayweather. It was the fight of the century. He wrote his entrance song. Wrote, sang. His entrance, his own entrance song, um, "I Will Fight for You" is the rough translation uh, of uh, to the. It's dedicated to the people of the Philippines. I just want you to compare. I've got um, Floyd's entrance song here, and I've got Manny's. I'm going to play both of them back to back. I'm going to start with one. You guys have to guess which is which. Okay. All right. Here we I'm go. Ready this is this. the first one. Yeah. When I'm out in them wild boy. Yeah, this could be Manny. This could be Manny. All right, so that's that's song one. One of the fighters walked into that. Right, and that's that's 50 cents. I don't know. Mate, this is good. Is it 50 cent or is it Floyd Mayweather? Is it, oh, is it, sorry, not Floyd Mayweather. Is it Manny Pacquiao? Oh, right. It's well produced. It's well produced. I must say. Yeah. 
Sounds a little bit like two Pacquiao. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been his recording yeah. name. Okay, now here's the that other was, one. Call Curtis, me Manny. Yeah. Curtis yeah. Jackson. One was one was Fifty Cent, and one was written by Manny Pacquiao. You've heard one. Yep. You're leaning towards Fifty Cent for that. But this Fifty Cent. Fifty Cent. Oh, I like this. I've heard this at a karaoke joint before. Have you? <laughs> I'll have a half an hour. Just a regular back. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just a regular one. Oh, Mr. <laughs> Professor. Welcome. <laughs> don't like call me that here. <laughs> Keep your voice down. <laughs> Would you like some cupping? <laughs> Robert Crafts in room one. Yeah, yeah. On one. So, based on the song, who do you reckon won that fight? <laughs> Who's more psycho? Uh, yeah. 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 Floyd. Floyd won. Yeah. Um, Floyd Mayweather. All right. That was very extensive. Mate, yes, Renaissance man. Uh, can I can I ask? Because I've never understood the term Renaissance man. I'll often throw it into a sentence and just hope that nobody asks me what it means. Someone who song has, and uh, dance man. Someone it? who has a level of expertise across multiple disciplines. Ah, uh, many strings so to their bow. Hugh Jackman. You're, um, He's a Renaissance man. So it has nothing so to do with the Renaissance. Fabio. Yeah, it, well, it does. It goes back to you guys Correct. like Leonardo da Vinci, who was uh, an inventor, scientist, an artist. So people that um, across multiple disparate fields gotcha. have a level of Fantastic. expertise. Take um, that with you. Much like well your triple learning. threats. Uh, right. Yes. Gotcha. Mm. Fantastic. Brooksy. On you go. I will. Uh, Diego Armando Maradona oh, I is love my rags to Richard's story. Argentinian legend, born in October 30, 1960. Tommy, a Scorpio. I know how much you like to track people's horoscopes. What does that mean, Tommy? Where's his moon? Is it rising or falling? Uh, I think it's a half moon. Oh, it's a half moon. Uh, he, no, he's falling. He's, it, getting, he's getting on. 60 this year. Ooh. Uh, he was raised in a shanty town in the southernmost part of Buenos Aires called Via Fiorito. Uh, Via? I think so. Can we translate um, that? Via House means- of the Flowers, I think. Really? Uh, great. I don't know. No, I, did, I didn't look. Oh, uh, via, you know via, the I well, I think via means uh, via. So I'm, oh, via. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, via, I'm going the, via the flowers. Via You're going to go past the flowers. Past the flowers <laughs> Taking the long way in the garden. Yeah. That's where he's Knowing going. Knowing Diego, it's probably poppies. Yeah. <laughs> We're going via oh, the poppies. <laughs> Straight past the poppies. We could be past the coca leaves. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Brooksy. So funny stat about Buenos Aires. I don't know. I'm just sidetracking. Love it. Travel Dogs and cats, they don't know how many are in that city. There's too many of them. They're, oh, really? Unlike other cities where they actually know. Where they register where you them? Yeah. They just don't know. They've got no numbers. They, <laughs> they can't track them. <laughs> The, <laughs> the good air. <laughs> they don't know. Is, I, I thought that was a funny thing. If you he know. lives in a shanty town called Via Forito via the flowers, I think the last thing they're worried about are how many cats and dogs are well, cutting around. There was a couple of baboons running around in Sydney. Oh, yeah, there was. I'll leave so, him alone. He was getting a vasectomy. Yeah, well, yeah, but they, yeah but I know what you mean, though. They managed to count them. One, two, three. Yes. <laughs> Come on, pull your finger out, Buenos <laughs> exactly. Aires. Exactly. Can I ask a question on the baboons? So he... 
the mail was brought here. You might need to explain the story. Okay, so the story is um, uh, there was a baboon uh, brought over to Sydney from Perth to get a vasectomy. Yes. um, Because obviously they don't want too many baboons in Perth. But um, they also brought, he escaped yesterday, escaped briefly from the hospital, the RPA, and um, had to be sedated and recaptured. But he escaped in company with his two female companions. Yes. Why did they come? Because he's a for Mormon, the He's a Mormon b- baboon. <laughs> no, but why? Yeah, did they I don't know why they brought them across. But we know why he escaped because he was like, "Let's just have let's, one last crack." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <come> on. <laughs> this is my last go, yeah. girls. I'm just but, travel companions. You know, yeah. they used to fly yeah, yeah, horses yeah. with um, mules and stuff. Well, one was his wife, and the other one was his like stress pet. <laughs> <laughs> Because he he's a bad flyer. He's a bad flyer. <laughs> hey. He's just a humble Perth baboon. He's, he's, he might have he been on the He wasn't sitting up next to me. He's not in Bizzo. He's not having a bit of Billy Sorry. Cut salmon. Tommy, be honest. Have you got a stress pet? <laughs> yes. Have you got a stress pet? Yes, what do you got? It's an axolotl. <laughs> and it's called John Alamo. And you take it when you travel? Yes. Okay. Are we... Bro- Brooksy, let's, let's my apologies. Back. Sorry. Back no, no, my apologies for going down Stress. that segue. Also, why are they not doing vasectomies in Perth? Oh, uh, um, they like the uh, time no, difference. No, no, big break. Oh, no, <laughs> time difference. No, um, coronavirus. Oh, okay. Good. Anyway, yeah. just keep going, Brooksy. So you just yeah. blame everything on coronavirus. If you don't have an answer, yeah, and just then you say coronavirus. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They've got to do something about that. <laughs> so grew up in a shanty town, <laughs> Buenos Aires. Yes. Um, his parents, Diego. Hey. hey. Yeah, so he's Diego Jr. And oh, Dalma, if his mum was Mary kids. Donna, no, I would have been so oh excited. God. Or Evita. <laughs> ah. I, I thought that could have been oh, a chance yeah, when I was scrolling on. through. Go, come right. on, Evita. No, Dalma. Argentina. Um, Dalma's the second most common name in Argentina behind Evita for females. So she did Diego some real Dalma. demographics. Don't quote me on that one. No, <laughs> you just, did real yeah. demographic research. You know, just, no dogs great, and cats. Dalma. Great musical. So... Family of six kids, three boys, the three eldest of three boys and the youngest of three girls. And this was a question I thought, like people in shantytowns having six kids, mm. like what, right. what's going on? We're not on? social engineering now. <laughs> Jesus, no, no, no. Brooksy, poor like, people are allowed no, to have like, kids I'd, too. I'd, I'd probably have the one. I'd probably have the one, maybe the two. So you, you want six. Just, so it's eugenics that we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you want, I, you, you only think rich people should have children. Uh, possibly. <laughs> but what I, I think the disappointing is, thing, what I think it is, yeah. to, Brooksy, to actually answer your question is in in really, really poor societies like yes. that, there's no social, um, uh, social services network for people when they get old. Yeah. So their children... Uh, they rely on their children to look after them in old age. I also yes. believe so that they are of a very high Christian faith. Yes. And they, they don't believe in... Uh, contraception. Contraception. Yeah. I was going to say frangers, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's already been said today. <laughs> can't oh, we're, the are we at our frang account, are we, for the podcast? <laughs> That's three. Okay, sorry. Disappointing thing for me was the boys were up 3-0 in the series. The series were tied 3-all. Where was game seven? Yeah, I, I wish they had the seventh kid, you know, no, yeah. being an American sports fan. No, but anyway, it was 3-all. They had a tie. Um, anyway, so the family eventually <laughs> moved to Buenos Aires at um, Diego's age of eight. At that time, he was a child prodigy, amazing football player. From the get-go, they knew he was going to be special. He signed an early contract with Argentino Juniors. He then moved to the big club, Boca Juniors, and then was sold to Barcelona in Spain. I think you'll find it Barcelona. Barcelona, Barcelona. sorry. Um, in 1984, after a couple of seasons, he had a 
pretty bad injury at Barcelona, breaking his leg, but, but still on... <laughs> Still, um, through uh, his skill and the potential, he was sold over to Italian club Napoli. Ah, a, ah, ah, Napoli. <laughs> Napoli for a world record fee. <laughs> Shortly after, 1986, this is where the career just starts growing. He captained Argentina to World Cup glory. I'm just hoping he never goes to a Chinese club because this is going to get really racist really quick. <laughs> And we all remember that quarterfinal against England where he scored two of the most yes. famous uh, goals. <coughs> against England. Hey. Yes. All right. All right. England. England. Two goals. The first one was the hand of... G-O-D. God. Yes. And then four minutes later scored the goal of the century. Uh, they went on to win the World Cup. The next year with Napoli, he won the Scudetto, the Serie A, which was the first time the club had won that. He won a European club uh, championship in 89. The Skidetto. Um, <laughs> Skidetto. Is that the old? No, he pronounced that right. Skidetto. Skidetto, mate. Skidetto. Yari and get myself a Skidetto uh, with mash. Mate, um, no, you get the Skidetto bolognese. <laughs> <laughs> And, and with push on, to push on. on. So you won the Viennetta Cup. Uh, <laughs> 1990. Uh, he, you know, he, he was getting some success, and through this time in Barcelona, a uh, Barcelona, and in Thank Napoli, you. Napoli, <laughs> he, uh, he, um, he enjoyed the nightlife. He, you know, he oh, was really? he was mixing with the socialites in the respective cities, uh, going to parties, <laughs> training, still playing very well. Loves the smell of garbage. Because that's when, you know, in Nap- Napoli, they have the, like, the garbage heaps outside all the house. Like, We've been there, through right. this. We've been through how you don't like Napoli on yeah. your way to Positano because you have to smell garbage and your private jet won't land because it's the Amalfi Coast and it's dangerous. We're not going through it <laughs> again. I mean, short runways is just a We're not excuse. Brooksy, I'm sorry. Get a smaller <laughs> private <laughs> jet. <laughs> sorry. So, yeah, 1990... Uh, Italy has the World Cup. Uh, he's uh, <coughs> Italia. Italia. <laughs> Grazie. <laughs> I'm actually feeling so. Uh, we have <laughs> <laughs> we have a situation where in the semi-finals, Argentina, led by Diego, plays the home nation, Italy, in Naples or Napoli, <laughs> as we yes. like to call yes. it. Uh, so fans, fans were obviously. Tied between Italy and Argentina because they're from Naples. <laughs> Naples. Uh, Naples. Because they're because they're superstar clubmen was playing for Argentina yes. and they were coming up against the home nation. Rocking rock a half. Uh, Argentina ended up winning that match in a penalty shootout. Argentina made the uh, final against West Germany, where Argentina was booed because Diego's team knocked out Italy. Uh, in the final, which started the downfall of Diego Maradona in Italy. There was a lot of people um, that wanted wanted him out of Italy and um, he was basically uh, phone tapped, there was wires, oh, there was God. so much and obviously with his history um, of partying, it, it came to their attention that we could get him out via um, bringing him down. Uh, he was, whoa, wait a second. 
Hang on. Is, yeah, have yeah, you got yeah, the person so. wrong? Have you done no, the no, whole no, thing no, with no, someone no, else? No. Oh, oh this is Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys. No, 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 no. Oh, my God. He released Like a Virgin. So, so yeah, sorry. I went a bit too far. So, a couple of seasons later, he left Napoli in disgrace after off-field issues and obviously the fallout from the World Cup and he headed to Sevilla and then eventually back home to Argentina. His last World Cup in 94, you could probably remember that celebration of the goal where He's like he looked like Keith Flint from the Prodigy doing yeah. Firestarter, yeah. like at the camera after the um, after scoring a goal in the second round. He was then got um, drug tested and tested positive for ephedrine. Right, so yeah. he was kicked out. Uh, Did you just say tested positive for everything? Everything. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was wow. trying to do it in an Italian accent. <laughs> um, so basically, that pretty much wrapped up his career. He scored just under 500 goals at Holy. club level. 81 for Napoli. Um, he scored 34 for Argentina, and yeah, had an amazing career. He uh, during his time in Napoli, he had uh, father to child out of marriage. His name Diego. I guess that could have given it away from an early stage. <laughs> How about uh, his other was kid his that's also called Diego? Yeah, yeah. he's got yeah. It's, Two Diegos. Three. There's three if you right. include one, one of them's a chick. Yeah. <laughs> he when in an interview in 1990 he. He had some money issues. Uh, he owed $50 million to in back taxes to Italian authorities, obviously, another bit of the fallout from the World Cup win. Uh, but he said he was calling home and he was getting uh, phone bills in excess of $15,000 a month. Holy. Oh, that's a lot of deals. Right. And it was, it was pretty crazy. Who was he with, Vodafone? I don't know. Yeah, that's, <laughs> You'd have to pretty much be on a 0055 number what, consistently what for the month. This could be... 1990. 1990, international calls, very expensive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's bigger than STD calls. I think yeah. it was pre-STD, wasn't it? Well, I, I, don't know. I don't know. I haven't checked his record. Um, yeah. He had some famous quotes along his career, like uh, Pelé uh, ripped him in um, 2010 about coaching the Argentinian team um, because he needed the money, obviously, with these yep. long-distance calls. But Mar- Maradona <laughs> responded by saying, Pelé should go back to the museum. Ooh, Ooh. snap. So, yeah, two of the greatest boom, of all boom. time going at it. Okay. But, yeah, a, good. an interesting good. story. Rags to riches. And a Very bit good. to rags at the end. Yeah. Now, I'm going to go next, if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, I'm going uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Ah, the Greek freak. The Greek freak. I don't think I've said his surname right there, Brooksy. I don't think I said freak right either. No. So. Um, obviously, plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, uh, Milwaukee Bucks. He's uh, <laughs> arguably one of the most versatile players ever in the history of NBA. Started at the small forward, has played a bit of. Then went to shooting guards, played a bit of point guard. The other day got listed Ooh. at small so he's a bit forward. Ma- uh, power center. forward. Center he's small. played, can play. Everywhere. A renaissance man. He is an a, a rena- <laughs> Is that a renaissance man, Barney? No. Okay. Okay. Oh, I don't know. Um, won the MVP last year. Good chance getting it again this year. Absolutely. Playing the house down. Bucks mm. are playing very well. Um, although I think they will shit the bed again in the in the playoffs. That's my own opinion. Anyway, um, Giannis, it's an amazing story because all, known as the Greek freak, here's the twist. Up until the age of 18, he wasn't actually recognised as a Greek citizen. They wouldn't give him citizenship. Um, He and his family, his parents came across from Lagos, Nigeria, um, and then three years later they had him and two other siblings. They left 
Theanis, if you know your basketball, his yep. older brother. They left him in Lagos for a while with the grandparents. Finally got him across. Now, these guys were basically illegal in in Athens for 20 years. They couldn't get papers. They basically hid from authorities. The mother and father did cash jobs, so they did babysitting. Uh, they did. Which is him. uncommon in Greece. It'd be hard to find, well, wouldn't it? People are very <laughs> thorough with their tax returns there. Everybody knows that. Everything is written <laughs> no. down. Can no, I get a receipt? Sir, it's on of the course. books. You don't even ask there. You don't even ask, can I get a receipt? Everybody gets receipt. <laughs> they should have gone to Buenos Aires. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to email this straight to your tax <laughs> account? Of course. Or just to oh, yours. Um, uh, anyway, so they, he and his brother, t- I'm not saying it right, Tharnas? Tharnas? Tharnas. 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 Yeah. He's 13, uh, his older brother's 15. They are, they are selling handbags and sunglasses and hats on the street. If you've been to Europe, you've seen these guys, the um, African immigrants that have the big cloths that they sell, these uh, Dolce and Gabbana and um, Mango and uh, Tropics. I don't know brands, but uh, Tommy, Tommy, expensive well, ones. Uh, I think the ones you'll find there is like um, Kate Spade. Dolce and Cabana. Yeah, that like one. It's yeah. like they change a couple yeah. of the letters. Oh, okay, right. So they're selling those and it's, it's the ones where... If you've seen it, the police come up and they whip up the bag. They rip up, whip, whip up the sheet and they go tearing down oh, the road and yeah. run away. So he was doing that for years. Then at the age of 15, t- uh, takes up basketball. All of a sudden becomes, by the age of 16, he's the best player in the country. So fast forward, he's 19. He's getting drafted into the NBA, big prospect. And of the co- then, of course, Greece turns around and goes, oh, hey, mate, we'll, uh, we'll give you citizenship. Yeah. Because they knew this guy was going to go on to dizzying heights and they didn't want him to be recognised. As a Nigerian. Yeah. Good on you, Greece. Nice work. That's really good of you. Um, so a couple of good stories from him. He, uh, uh, In fairness, the, the Nigerian freak doesn't have the same ring to it as the Greek freak. No, well, that's what they were thinking as yeah. well because it doesn't Out of interest, do you know, are the Nigerians or the Greeks in, like, international basketball, are they better? Would he have been better off playing for Nigeria or, or Greece? That is a very good question. I'm going to say uh, Greece. Yeah, but I'm going to say it without actually having any knowledge. Yeah, I'll Google that. That's now. my job. He's reported as saying that that he was constantly hungry his whole childhood. Um, he only had one pair of shoes that he and his brother used to share, which I don't know if that meant one shoe each or they'd hand them between oh, each yeah. other. One goes barefoot, one has yeah, two. Yeah, and then they yeah, and you then they take it, up, it in turns. Um, and that I mean, he was perpetually vulnerable to attacks from racist militants that didn't want the Africans there. Um, and he was constantly threatened with being deported back to Nigeria. Just a terrible childhood. Um, just the fact that he was constantly hungry. I mean, when was the last time you actually went, I'm hungry? Like, Tommy, when have you ever been hungry? I'm, I'm hungry quite a lot, but I don't <laughs> think I'm actually hungry. You're not hungry. So no. you've never actually felt what it's like to be hungry. No, 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 I'm a grazer. <laughs> a grazer? <laughs> you graze all day and all night. Like, I know you? I'm not hungry now, but... If you could there, eat. If there were a charcuterie board in front of me, it'd be <laughs> game over. <laughs> anyway, a couple of nice stories. So this, he goes on to become a multi-multi-millionaire and when he signed a $100 million contract extension recently, he, his father now lives in, uh, his father and mother, the whole family apart from Tarnas, Tiannis, I can't get it right, <laughs> Theo, whatever his name is, he, he's playing in Greece. <laughs> He just went Bill Cosby all of no, a sudden. No. Theo! Now, he's actually back. Lakers? Play, yeah, he's playing in the NBA now. So they're all living there. He was playing professionally in Greece. Anyway, so he says, look, I've, I've got this $100 million contract extension. I'm going to take the friends and family out for a steak. He, oh, um, nice. He then he took them to a place called Capital Grill in Milwaukee. 
It's a great spot for steak. Then yep. they all ordered their food. When the food came out, um, the steaks were accompanied by side dishes and appetisers. So right. Giannis apparently quipped, I don't know who's paying for all of this because I said I'm only paying for the steak. <laughs> Classic. Oh. What a tight ass. Um, <laughs> then another great one when his brother was actually playing in Greece, which was a few yep. years ago in the professional league. He went back to visit him. Um, this was, I think, 2015 maybe. And um, they just tweeted out that, they were going to pop down to their local court where they grew up playing just to play some ball, a bit of pickup, and 3,000 people showed up and about five camera crews. Oh, wow. That's, it's just an, an amazing story. Just and, in yeah. Tommy's question, uh, Greece are currently in the FIBA World Rankings number seven, uh, Nigeria number 23, just above number 24, New Zealand. I reckon if you take uh, the tall blacks. Giannis out, add him to Nigeria... Bang. Yeah, I think you're that right. That does a swap. That's I reckon a he's bang. a 17 position swing for Giannis. Really? Yeah, I yeah. agree. There was Definitely. something very nice that his childhood coach said. Um, they, when he was back there in 2015, he took his childhood coach to dinner. Um, and, of course, the coach <laughs> had to pay for the sides of <laughs> salads. But Giannis bought him a steak. And it wasn't a very good steak. It was like an $18 pub steak. Um, but I believe he got – it was a mushroom sauce. Oh, yeah. Oh. I think, well, I, but I think the coach wanted, he wanted garlic butter. So, oh, anyway, God. it's a But long he also story. gave him a Bluey Vuitton bag as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> he got a Bluey Vuitton. Bluey Vuitton. Bluey Vuitton. A Bluey Vuitton. And a but now they had a conversation and then the, the media spoke to his coach afterwards and he said, I told Giannis, you have become what you have become because of where you come from. Giannis doesn't understand fear. So this idea that because, because he can't be afraid of anything because he's had to face everything means that, he can then achieve whatever he wants. So I'm not saying encourage your kids to sell S handbags. Scare them. But maybe scare them every night. Maybe put on a screen mask. Hide under their bed. Hide under their bed and just scare the bejesus out of them. And then they're going to go on to become an MVP in the NBA. I, I don't know. But if, they, if they're, say, let's say if they're about 13... Yeah. Just knock on the door before you go in. 100. Just yeah, give, definitely, them, uh, give them about... If there's mate. sore balloon on the shopping list that week, <laughs> you're in trouble. Just give them, just, just give them like... Crazy handle. About eight seconds. <laughs> yeah. And then... You're not you doing go. what I think you are, are you? <laughs> anyway, that was my Giannis. Um, also, leave the door sorry. ajar so you don't have to touch the handle on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tommy. Tommy. Uh, Moving on. Perfect segue. Uh, my <laughs> rags to riches story is a gentleman by the name of Kasim Umar. Of course. Uh, um, yes, household name. <laughs> he is a Ugandan boxer or was a Ugandan boxer. Uh, he's still alive. Not He's just old. He's... Um, <laughs> he's, he was born into poverty uh, and at the age of six... He was um, a bunch of rebels stormed into his grade school in Busia in Uganda in, in 1984 and he was abducted with all of his school schoolmates and they were all turned into uh, guerrilla uh, child soldiers. Oh, God. So they all became, they all became uh, members of the, uh, yeah, the Ugandan guerrilla uh, force. Okay. Do you think we'll find some comedy in this or...? <laughs> It's not, oh, no, it's, not, it's not overly sad. It's not overly sad. <laughs> not um, overly sad for this one person. <laughs> I'm just flagging it early, but go. Okay. And then as uh, he, he as he started obviously learning how to, he was they were one of the things that they taught them in this in this army or this rebel army was how to was combat hand hand combat, and there was one general and he realised that Umar was an incredible incredible boxer. 
and he actually he actually went and drove him through a town where there was a, a U.S. settlement. He put him into the U.S. settlement and told them to take him back to America. He ended up becoming he ended up becoming a junior championship in San Antonio. Yeah, home of the Spurs, James's favorite Mighty team. Spurs. Yeah. Uh, so he lived in Texas and essentially became a boxer from there. So he went from Isn't child soldier. So the general of this guerrilla, one of the generals of this guerrilla army, took him to the U.S. settlement, and that's amazing. They, they, he's like, this kid's got a a, a serious future in in. Wow. So he said that, and then did. And then did Mitchell Pierce quote that at some point on <laughs> Twitter? Oh, that is the funniest. Uh, we're thing obviously I've referring ever seen. to Mitchell Pierce quoting Robert Mugabe. Um, How do you get to Mugabe? How do you get? Do you look up like inspirational? I Mugabe? don't know. I want to. <laughs> Mitch comes in here a bit. I've got to ask him how that happened. And that just, is. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. Anyway, he had forty-two fights, twenty-nine wins. 11 losses, so it wasn't earth-shattering. But at one time, he held five regional boxing titles at one time. Oh, wow. So he turned his life around from being essentially a trained killer. Essentially. To another form of a trained killer in the ring. Mm. But he it's a pretty cool story. Of, it is a good of, story. Of, of a, All right. Times. Keep going. Uh, this will be quick. So now this is, sorry, we're now switching, Tommy, to riches to riches. Riches to riches. So See. people who were set up before they became famous. Okay. <laughs> like Richie Richardson. I, I, if I knew who that was, oh, I would have Tell agreed. me you've done Richie Richardson. No, I haven't. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> the cricketer. Oh, my God. West Indian. You don't know who Richie Richardson is? No. Mate. Oof. Okay. I guarantee you, your dad knows him. Like, you, you, I bet you he's been to your house. He's probably been to your house. He would have been to your house. I know. 100%. Wide-brimmed cap. Uh, Those are so old. <laughs> Just go, Barney. Come on. <laughs> rich to rich. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the well, there's no ladies here, but there might be some listening. Uh, the Winklevoss twins. Um, probably best known as the cartoonish rich bad guys in uh, the social network. Um, basically, uh, born in 1981, sons of a self-made tycoon, much like yourself, Tommy. Your dad's a self-made man. Um, you're a spoiled rich kid. These guys very same much thing. same thing, um, except picture yourself if you had a mirror image of yourself, Tommy, because not only were these guys uh, identical twins, they're actually mirror twins. Um, so they're like the mirror image of each other. So the, a mirror twin um, is when the zygote – I read about this this morning – when uh, the zygote splits – into two people um, at a later stage. So what will happen with mirror twin, they're less common, is say if one's got a birthmark on the left side, the same birthmark will be on the other side. They're a mirror image. Are their organs reversed? You know, I don't know. That's a great question, though. Mm. Um, Because there are people that have, you know, their liver on the other side and they have their heart, their aorta faces. You know, this is a medical question that your your wife could probably answer rather than... We'll have her on next week. Excellent. Um, But (laughs) so these guys... Their chosen sport was rowing. Uh, they they uh, rowed in the uh, the coxless pair. Obviously, they started in uh, in high school when they were at uh, Greenwich County Day School, which is as snobby as it sounds. They studied, amongst other things, Latin and ancient Greek, like all the working class do. Um, they went on to Harvard, uh, where they rowed for Harvard. Uh, that's where they uh, they obviously bumped into Mark Zuckerberg, and uh, as we all know through popular culture, he had uh, developed a, uh, a, a, a little uh, website where you could rate um, the hotness of mm. different Harvard students, almost got himself kicked out because of it, because of, uh, well, it's not 
entirely appropriate. Mm. Um, but they they saw the write-up in the Crimson, which is Tommy. Uh, the magazine. The <laughs> university magazine. The university magazine. <laughs> Tommy's got a subscription, as all rich people do. Um they they went to him and said we've got a we've got an idea for a website called Connect uh, Harvard Connect and later we renamed Connect U which was uh, basically a social networking site for Harvard. Uh, he went oh I can help you with that and then went oh I've got this other idea called the Facebook. Anyway that all got settled. They got sixteen point five million of it, um, which as children of a guy worth two hundred million made a big difference in their life. Um, they've since gone on to invest heavily in Bitcoin. They're currently believed to be worth 500 mil- $550 million. Um, So they didn't make their money out of their sport, but they were um, they were deep into the sport. Uh, they actually represented the uh, Team USA at the 2008 Beijing Olympics, um, got themselves to... Uh, they placed six uh, in, the, in the Coxless pair. What's interesting um, in that their rowing coach said is he basically said God put them on his doorstep because one of the things that um, one of the things that's common with mirror twins is one will favour left hand side, one will favour right hand uh, side. Which uh, when you've got uh, yeah. two guys, one on the left or one on the right, or that's mm. perfect for but, synchronicity. But obviously they came sixth. They came sixth. So yeah. So co- coach is an idiot. Well, he might have been. He obviously doesn't think that highly of God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the interesting thing of reading of these guys is they were members of the Harvard Porcelain Club, which is an all-male, uh, what they call a finals club over there, one of these rich people's secret societies. Tommy, mm. how many secret societies are you a member of? Uh, stonemasons. Um, what else? I think the stonemasons are what they call it in The Simpsons. I think it's that the was the stonecutters. Stone is it the stonemasons? Is that it's what it is? It's the Freemasons. I don't know. I think Freemasons. You know what? I'm glad think, that we don't know. I think a stonemason might be an occupation. It is. Um, <laughs> That's the guy who built your gatehouse, mate. <laughs> I just on the other. I don't know if you're going to bring this one up. No, but no, I had go, the porcelain go. club written down. Have you heard the name of the other club that they were a member of? At, at oh yeah, no. the Hasty Pudding. The Hasty Pudding Club, which sounds like a sex move. It does. But so what do they do? They eat pudding really quick. It must be. Uh, it's that's a co-ed social club, which is less um, less secretive, I believe. The porcelain club, from what I could read, was um, basically from the 1790s, founded by students who didn't want to have to eat the food in the uh, in the dining halls. Right. Would rather roast a pig. Um, so that that's how they started. As the, it was the poor sign. Right. Is this oh. like the, is this like the club that David Cameron was in? Well, this is what I'm wondering. Ooh, this this yeah, is Tommy. You you've got an insight into this world. What do rich people get up to? What is with the weird societies? I don't speak I, for them. I'm not sure. I I, I guess it it start like I, have you anybody watched The Crown? Yes. Yeah. Have you seen Prince Philip? <laughs> yeah, supper, <laughs> a, supper, a, club. supper club. Prince Philip had a like an all-male supper club where yeah. they just it, it, they sort of debauchery, debauchery, and they reverse mm. back into like, sexually harassed big, waitresses. Yeah. And stuff. Should we start one called the In the Light of Essentially <laughs> <laughs> Club? Club. Who wants to be a member? Message us at Professor on Fox if you'd like to be a member of the In the Light of Essentially Club. Uh, yes. To answer your question, Barney, I haven't been to a club before. The only club I've ever been to, I went to Club Med once <laughs> in, uh, in Phuket. <laughs> Played heaps of volleyball. Uh, all, right. all right, Brooksy. All right. Got a controversial one here. Uh, couldn't really think of many. Okay. I was pretty stumped with uh, names and... Don't use the term. 
Oh, no, sorry, I didn't mean that. Uh, But mine is Oscar Leonard Carl Pistorius. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, sorry about that, guys. I did not mean that. Mate, I love how you're giving me grief about a reformed child soldier. Okay, because we're going to see how you make this funny. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to give it a go. Hey, podcast listeners, Professor here. Despite Brooksy's best efforts, the Fox Legal Department have informed us that there is definitely nothing funny about the Oscar Pistorius story. And as a result, it has been deleted from this podcast and from all file servers. If Brooksy can complete his sensitivity training, he'll be back on the podcast next week. Thanks for your time. Now back to the podcast. <laughs> so a real up and down sort of story there. You guys laughed. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I got an A-minus there. I, 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 I want to you trying to make that funny. <laughs> I want to apologise to you, Tommy. I I mean, your child so- soldier one was brilliant. That was very good. I didn't know he was doing... Oh, I did, actually. Um, <laughs> and I just wanted to see how he went. All right, is that it, mate? That is it. Okay, okay. Um, my riches <coughs> to riches. I'm going to talk about um, a couple of great athletes. <laughs> Princess Anne and her daughter, Zara Phillips. Now, Anne is worth $30 million, reportedly. She uh, got it from her grandfather. Who really? Was, yeah, so he set up a trust. So the Queen's dad, who was George VI, I believe, set up a trust for, uh, for the grandchildren. Now, she's loaded um, she is, of course, the Queen's second child. Uh, she had Charles, then she had Anne, then she had Prince Andrew, <laughs> and then she had Edward. Um, of course, I'm going to ask... What's Edward uh, getting up to? Don't you love how there's that story about, like, a family's like making pancakes, the first one's always the... F- up. <laughs> Someone <laughs> dropped the ladle on the third one. Is yeah, all I'm saying. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, well, you've met him. <laughs> I yeah. have not. Yeah, you did. Not. Hey, it was you. It was him. It was Jeffrey. You Richie, sent me Richard. Richard. I have not met Randy Andy. I've not. Okay. So anyway, you know his nickname. I didn't bring this up to talk <laughs> about <laughs> Prince Andrew. I knew no, you I guys wanted to know what Edward was up to. No, I don't Bruiser. know what Edward has distanced himself. Suddenly, Oscar Pistorius is looking pretty good right now. Listen, anyway, so the uh, Princess Anne, quite a good uh, show jumper. She was, uh, she competed. Are we talking equestrian? Yes, we are. Okay. <laughs> We're talking equestrian. Uh, age of 21, Anne won the individual <laughs> title at the <laughs> European Eventing Championship and was voted BBC Sports Personality of the Year Woo! in Woo! 1971. Obviously a pretty lean there. Lean year there for BVC Sports Personalities. Um, for more than five years. I, I, see, she, I, I quite hello, like mate. her. <laughs> Have you ever she heard had a her bit talk? Of a, the, only on the crown. She's a bit of sass. <laughs> no, that's Margaret you're thinking of. No, it's Anne, it's season Anne. two, mate. No, season three you're talking. Season three. Season three. It's the blonde one. It's Anne. the daughter. Isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I haven't gotten up to that. Spoiler alert. We've only got episodes. How do you, not, how do you oh, bring her as a topic and you not watch the crown? Um... God. You're an idiot. It's a bit of a fashionista too in a, in a time. Is she? Yeah. Okay. How many stars do you give it? Uh, four. Okay. That's pretty good. I'll still do it. Can I just say the personality of the year, that to put it in context, Andy Murray won it three times. Yeah. He doesn't oh have much God. of a personality, oh, does he? Oh, yeah. Thank you for the award. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I, <laughs> I, like, I, like, I, like, the year. I liked Who else has won it? Mo Farah. Oh, well, he's uh, pretty much the best runner ever. 
Johnny Wilkinson. He, oh. he ruined he rugby. Ruined rugby. You know who won it this year? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Kiwi. Ben Stokes. Yes, he did. Stokesy. He's a yes, bloody he Kiwi. Yeah, they've like, got to go outside of England to get some oh, personality. Anyway, anyway. Um, she won a bunch of other stuff. Um, she competed in the 96 Olympic Games in Montreal as a member of the British team. Um, and let's face it, the horse does all the work and she just wears jodhpurs and flogs it. So, um, <laughs> mate. Oh, mate, you've mate. just lost our entire equestrian audience. That <laughs> is, just, you're disrespecting anyway, this Anyway, they also don't have whips. By the way, Princess Anne, dead, dead ringer for Jerry Seinfeld. Look her up. <laughs> Shed ringer. <laughs> Phil, look her up. Dead ringer. Um, anyway, fast forward, she becomes, 1987, she becomes the first member of the royal family to appear as a contestant on a te- television quiz show when she competed on the BBC panel game, A Question of Sport. Oh, sweet. Which a Question of Sport. Go? A Question of Sport. Oh. She went okay. Which, um, now, the, her, her daughter, Zara Phillips, then um, also went on to become an even more accomplished equestrian writer. She held at one, well, she won five world championships. Um, she also uh, competed in the 2012 London Olympics in equestrian, and she won the silver medal. Yes. And then she got awarded. I've seen the ceremony. She was awarded the silver medal by Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> he was there. <laughs> What's the deal with equestrian? And they put it around her neck. Why do they have the poles that the tosses have a look. jump over? I've seen it. Some people said it was her mum. I'm pretty sure it was Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, anyway, Santa gave her the toy as well. Yeah. Now, the big thing with her, she <laughs> married Mike Tyndall, the rugby union yes. player, oh, Brooksy. Yes. This is right up your alley. Big yep. rugby union fan. Big flanker, are. isn't he? <laughs> yeah. um, he was famous because in, uh, during the 2011 World Cup, he was six weeks married to the Queen's granddaughter. He got caught on CCTV footage at a Dunedin pub. Basically, there was a woman kissing his head. He then... He then apparently it was reported by the Daily Mail that he then took her to a second bar where they were seen kissing like teenage lovers. He denied it, said, I didn't do it, I went home straight after that first pub. Then, of course, photographs emerge. There is he necking this, this lady kissing her, um, and then he has to go back and say, oh, say necking. We we'd just go back to 1950 briefly. <laughs> it was necking, right? They got a couple of bolts. They <laughs> went to a film. They were at the drive-in and he was necking her. Anyway, turns out it was his ex-girlfriend, Jessica Palmer, that he was smooching. <laughs> she was in Dunedin. She now lives in Sydney. Big fan of the podcast. So, ah. um, hey, shout Simo. out to Jess. Come, come into one of our live shows, Jess, over the uh, yeah. winter. Fantastic. Um, anyway, so that was my riches to riches, the royal family. Beautiful. Tommy, bring us home. We don't have long. Okay, guys, I'll keep this short and sweet. Uh, there is a gentleman by the name of Nick Foles playing in the NFL mm. uh, of uh, former Philadelphia Eagles glory. He was the uh, backup quarterback in the 2017 season where Foles, um, because of Carson Wentz, the starting quarterback, uh, did his ACL. He started playing first first fiddle. Um, they essentially made it all the way to the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl 52. The essence of my story is that <laughs> he... It, there's a running joke that Nick Foles in his career has never made as much money as his dad or his family has, and he won a Super Bowl uh, because the next year the Eagles signed him again, but they only gave him a $2 million bonus. So he's only making 33, 33 mil. Why was only his old man worth? 33 mil. His old man sold a chain 
of fast food, seafood oh restaurants. Oh, my God. I was thinking a chain. Like, how big was this chain? <laughs> like a gold chain. Called Eddie, Eddie V's Seafood Bonanzas. And yeah, he right. sold, a, sold it to the company that owns, like, Olive Garden and all of those. Sold it to them for $50.1 million. Holy. Uh-huh. Uh, so... Oh, you're not happy with that? But no, I'm just saying, 30, he, he's making $33 million in the year. Surely he's going to stack up over 50 in the over a couple of years. Is that... Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't, math wasn't my strong suit. <laughs> no, that was his whole contract, Barney, for four years. This is really just disintegrated into us bickering. <laughs> uh, but anyway, there was a funny comment made by a reporter... Uh, at the time, Nick Foles in his in his NFL career was earning twenty two point eight million dollars. Uh, but given his family, well, he could uh, his dad could pay him just to play catch in the backyard and still have thirty six million dollars left over. Mm, so having a dig at him and saying that he's the the second richest person in his family. Uh, the joke's on them though, because as the Jackson <laughs> as the twenty nineteen <laughs> season oh. rolled around. He signed a four-year contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars for $88 million. Oh, Yeah, eat a, that, Dad, you poor bastard. <laughs> with a guarantee, keep a guarantee of 50.1, the exact same price his dad sold the company for. Oh, was that a deliberate uh, thing? I don't know. It would have had to have been. Yeah. And now he can pay his dad to cook him some calamari. Right? Having said that, though, week <laughs> one he went out there for Jacksonville, did his clavicle. So he oh, was, not your clavicle. <laughs> he didn't get any of the bonuses, so he actually only made the same amount of money that year. Oh, how funny is that? Well, oh. there you go. What a wonderful spot to end this podcast. <laughs> it had, it, you honest, know what? Sometimes people build the stuff. <laughs> we oh. just really we beat did. it out. I don't know. Yeah, we decrescendoed. Mm. All right, um, that is it. That is the podcast, Riches to Riches, Rags to Riches. Wonderful job. Um, just a reminder, get on our socials, at Professor on Fox, that's Facebook, Twitter and MySpace. Uh, Tommy, oh, sorry, and get on and leave a five-star review and just tell us what you think of the podcast. Be gentle. Tommy, <laughs> Tommy, I think next week is technically your last in this country. That is the last potty in this country. Oh, All right. Oh. We are Tommy's trying to get farewell. Tommy hooked up in New York. We're not sure if it will happen, um, but we're, we're going to try and aim to make it happen. Tommy, have you got have you got something for us next week? What is the topic? Don't know yet, guys. We'll, what, we'll sort it out. Why don't we do it based on Tommy instead of based on the world of sport? Biggest trades or people leaving their club. That's not um, bad. Or um, Tom's. Or um, biggest traders. Teams that went on to greater heights when losing Deadwood. Yes. This yeah, is, that's, that's a good, good one. Good. Yeah. That's a good one, guys. Yeah, yeah awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I'll get onto it tonight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. That was the Professor and Barney podcast. We will see you next week. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>